0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I got my ears pierced when I was 25 years old. Today I'm chatting with two people, Keith Baxter and Greg Sims. Keith has worked as a director, songwriter, character designer, 2D and 3D animator, and story artist who originally graduated from music school before making the switch to animation. Some of the projects he's worked on over the years have included Sylvania, which was one of my favorite shows as a kid, Hotel Transylvania 2 and 3, The Croods, Flushed Away, and The Looney Tunes Show. Greg, on the other hand, is a composer, arranger, orchestrator, songwriter, and producer of music for film and television. He worked on the Oprah and the Dr. Oz shows for many years before spanning into the world of documentary and animated film and television. And his credits include the documentary 40 Years of Rocky and the animated film The Lion of Judah. Now, in this episode, Keith and Greg are going to share how they paired up to compose the music and storyboards in a very super unique way for the new show, Tom and Jerry in New York, including what the process of creating a musical show looks like from scratch. So now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Keith and Greg. How are you guys doing?
1: Hi, Jerry. We are good. Thank
0: you. Good. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to chat about, uh, you know, their latest project with um, Tom and Jerry in New York and how you're kind of changing the pipeline with music and story integrated together. So maybe you can tell me a little bit of give me the Coles notes of what you're doing on that.
1: OK, uh, uh, I got contacted a year previously, so now it's about two years ago to to uh, create a um, Musical Tom and Jerry's, which was something they really wanted to do and and something that hadn't been done in in quite some time. Uh, I was busy working on a movie, so I originally said no. But they came back to me a year later, uh, last July, I think it was, and they asked me again. And by then, uh, Greg and I had been working together for a while and really enjoying what we were creating. And and so this time, I couldn't say yes fast enough. uh, and so, uh, so there really isn't a pipeline to do what they wanted to do, which is start with the music first. So you you have a you have a you have a, a premise that gets approved, and then an outline. But but uh, the 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 drawings are going to have to match up to the the music ultimately. So. So normally when I storyboard, I I draw a bunch of panels and uh, and then turn in a folder of, of drawings. But that was just not going to work this time. So I uh, I had to do like a rough edit of everything. So I would I would uh, put all my story panels into Premiere or Final Cut, and um, we would. Uh, once the premise was approved, then Greg and I would talk about what the musical needs of the the cartoon would be. And uh, usually I would write some part of the song. Uh, It was, I needed to know what the song was gonna sound like uh, because I was gonna be drawing while the rest of the writing and then all of the, the sequencing the arranging uh that, that Greg was was going to do so, uh so once once uh the lyrics and a chunk of the song were written I could uh jump off and then Greg would take over and um uh so now I'm drawing the the, the panels and and uh, uh I'm sending little chunks of story to Greg and he's looking at it and then he's sending chunks of uh, of uh, the, the uh, arrangement back to me and I'm listening to it. And through that whole process, I'll hear something Greg has done and go, oh yeah, I should, uh, I should make uh, the, the character do such and such when you've got the music doing that. And then he would look at the drawings and go, oh, I should uh, make the score do this when, uh, when you've got the character doing that. So it was, uh, the, the wonderful thing about this process is, is we could continue to evolve both the music and the story through the entire process of, of, of storyboarding it. So we we had three and a half weeks to turn these around from the minute we got the the uh, uh, the premise okayed uh, to uh, to you know to send them a, a finished animatic. Uh, so it really had to be very efficient to get that done and. Uh, because there was music uh, to to uh, storyboard to, it gave me the chance to put a lot of poses into the the storyboards uh, a lot more than you would typically expect for for television animation. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, each each one, we got more comfortable with the process and uh, and uh, by the time uh, by the time we were done with them, we were pretty good at it. <laughs> So you had- I had to I had to be on my toes, and uh, as soon as
2: he got started, well, you can think too. Uh, the song was kind of probably the, the first thing, right? You 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 had to have an idea of what the song would be, and that's why it made so much sense for you. He's a great lyricist too, and re- very funny, and um, we're both kind of snarky anyway, so that kind of works <laughs> out. But um, I had to be on my toes when he would. Uh, I knew he was working on it because because he would just write the whole thing if I didn't <laughs> jump in. It's like <laughs> just so, so I was like. I better start. I better start really quick and start doing stuff. But uh, yeah, so know, yeah, But it was uh, because of the, you know, three and a half weeks is not is really fast for the for doing a storyboard like as detailed as he did. But that gives you a lot of time to do the music. That's that's what was so really wonderful. I could just try things and do and redo. And no, oh, I think we can do better. And 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 all that. So that was, that was the
1: luxury for me. For me is to finish to finish it and the the, the back and forth uh, made it possible to do things that would be extremely difficult uh, I, you know I've worked on a lot of shows where music was was uh, quite heavily integrated uh, like tiny tunes um, and uh, and so so I was pretty aware of, of uh, why that's difficult to do why it's difficult to, to start with the music uh, and it's because the story artists at a normal studio, they will never speak to the composer the entire process. So for us to be able to just go back and forth, and, I mean, it was just such a fantastic way to work to to integrate the, the, the two things. Uh, and so in um, w- one of the cartoons, the first one we did is called, it's called Torch Song. And uh, it starts out with a a, a you know, we we created what could be a uh, a '40s uh, jazz song sung by someone like Peggy Lee, but then it quickly evolves into this piano battle between Tom and his nemesis uh, Butch, and so uh, it it escalates into these uh, moments from from classical uh, piano uh, uh, compositions and and. Uh, because uh, you know, because we uh, we're, we're integrating the, the, the story and the, and the piano together, it's not like like Tom just sits at a piano and you're doing these stock looking yeah. storyboard panels. But when Tom is furiously playing the the, uh, the you know these Rachmaninoff passages or whatever, then then yeah, they, you can't
2: just sit there like this. Yeah, right?
1: they, they, the the poses really convey that this is some serious music that Tom's banging out and, and, uh, same like when, uh, um, uh, Butch is doing this, um, um, stride piano, uh, you know, it's not just generic, this, here's a cartoon character playing the piano and then Tom standing up and playing this, uh, heavy boogie woogie, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the way, um, uh, Who's the guy that did Great Balls of Fire? Jerry Jerry Lewis, Lewis, you know, that 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 kind of stuff.
2: We had fun picking out what would be the you know the escalating battle, you know, what what styles would would work. that was a lot of fun to you know sort of do like to figure out what we were gonna do.
0: So like this is reminding me a lot of like merry melodies or like silly symphonies where it's very uh music driven and the animation kind of is a compliment, they're complimenting each other, I guess, right? So like you mentioned, you'd get a premise. What is, what is an example of a premise? Because you're animating and music, you, you're composing a song together, is a premise like Tom and Butch are, I don't know, fighting at a piano, or is a premise more like a mood that happens and you just kind of figure it out as you go?
1: Well, for that one, the, the premise was uh, Tom has a crush on, on this cat. In, in the Tom and Jerry's, her name is Toots. Yeah. And so in this, uh, in, in this cartoon, the premises, Tom imagines that Toots is a torch singer and he's her, her accompanist. And then things go screwy when, when, uh, when Butch also enters the, the dream. And then Tom quickly abandons his infatuation for Toots with the you know just the the need to best uh, uh, to Tom and Butch needing to best each other uh, uh, you know on the piano so that's that's the premise nice
0: so how are you how are you doing like the are you doing like a three act story because like how does bringing in music right away change that because you know you have uh, I don't know too much about music myself but you know you have kind of a story that you're telling with the music. Versus like a traditional like uh, like TV show where there's a problem and they try different things to solve it and then they find a solution in the end, you know.
1: Right. Well, uh, I, everything, uh, as far as I can tell, has <laughs> a, has a three act structure. And even though these are three three minutes, minutes long, minutes. yeah, these are <laughs> three minutes long. You still need a beginning, a middle, and then oh, end. they're
0: only three uh, minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, so, so yes, uh, structure is, uh, is no less important in these, uh, um, you've got to, you've got to feel like something starts somewhere and it went somewhere and it was res- resolved somewhere. And so when you have to do that in three minutes, you've got to be super efficient.
0: So, so this is like a unique, I mean, in both your careers, you've never had a situation where you're working like this before, right? Nope. Never. Is, the, is there a reason? Cause um i guess is this project like super unique to anything that you've ever done before is that why like is there a reason that you've integrated together at the like storyboarding composing stage at the front rather than a typical storyboarding at the front and then music comes comes later
1: well it, it all goes to why wh- why we were hired um they, the person who was the story supervisor on uh, on Tom and Jerry knew that I had written a lot of music uh, for for shows and I'd also done a lot as an as a you know an artist an animation artist and so it was his idea that they should contact me to to make these things hmm. um, and so you know that's that's a it's a pretty rare combination of, of of uh skills um and so yeah it was it, it was it was a, a great a great uh choice on 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 his part i have to say you know and i'm ever so grateful that uh, that he uh recommended me and and then i could rope uh, greg into this yeah i don't know I don't any other animated storyboard people you know that just as good
2: at music so Um, that's what makes it so unique, you know,
0: because. Do you think that uh, your experience on this show is going to transfer to other pipelines that you are going to do in the future? Like, do you think this process has advantages that you haven't realized in other shows? that you? I can
1: can tell you, I will always storyboard this way from now on, whether it's music or not. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a changed man. I'm a reformed man. He was going, I remember him talking
2: to me, I'm done with storyboarding. I'm finishing this movie and I'm going to retire and I just want to do music. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then uh, and then, the, no, I don't want to get back in television. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And then this, you know, we, we did a few little things together and he realized it was, it was, it made it fun again, storyboarding fun again because you're storyboarding your own yeah. stuff and the whole point of it was for the for a song, um, you know, for
1: the music part. So Yeah, he, he, t- uh, Greg's not exaggerating. I, uh, I had storyboarded on so many things over the years that um, I couldn't even, I had three kids to raise. So, so I couldn't even ask, is this a project I'm interested in? Uh, it was just, <laughs> I need to have the check rolling in the front door a week in, week out. And uh, so I will just say yes to everything. Uh, but they, they, the downside of that is you stop drawing for the love of drawing uh, and, and it had just burnt me out. And so, so, uh, I really agreed to do this and storyboard as well, because I just wanted to do, do more music with Greg and, and, uh, but then it turned out I fell in love with storyboarding again because of this show. So, so, and we, we, uh, we shared with you, uh, um, Cheesemonger, which is an animatic, of one of the shows that, that uh, Warner Brothers, they rejected at the premise stage. And we just thought it was such a good idea. I said, ah, I'll do it anyway. So I, you know, I, I just uh, drew it for the love of drawing it because I felt like it was something that, that should uh, see the light of day.
0: Nice. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah, yeah, a yeah. link to that in the description of this podcast for people who want to check that out. So I guess, well, why don't we take a moment just to go through how you guys got into the industry in the first place? Cause you've, you've both kind of hinted at various stages in your life. So how did it, how did it all begin? You know, how did you have this illustrious career in storyboarding and composing for TV?
2: You want to go first? Yeah, mine's much shorter. Right? <laughs> well, um, I, I was all I started music when I was you know, five playing the piano and and it was someone somewhere along the line I guess probably you know hearing Star Wars like everybody else um, yeah. it made me think that oh maybe doing music for film would be something you know and, um, and that you know that movie affected a lot of young uh, wannabe composers. So it, it kind of, but at the time, I was in a little town. I didn't I, you know, for those giants out there. I, I wouldn't even know how to do anything like that. But I, I did, you know, study and progress. And um, then I, I eventually fell into doing advertising music at a post house. So I learned a lot of stuff about the tools and how that works and doing little short films. And I realized, what well, I, I really do enjoy this. Just, I think I can do this. So you were just and then- and
0: casually had a hobby of you're playing the piano or like you learned other instruments Uh, and then i'm sorry
2: i I was totally i was doing playing piano for a living at the time i've never oh that's all that's all i've ever done um but on the side you know it was like when i get back from the hotel or wherever i was playing i would you know work on learning how to you know write music for different things and how to you know learning how to sequence learning all the you know um I was already good at pretty good at arranging and started arranging when I was really young and worked with uh, different size groups and some orchestras. And I I when I was in Orlando at the time, I was I started arranging a lot for the Pops orchestra there. And um and I was also doing advertising music. I was um I guess I wasn't right. I started writing for Opal Winfrey show in, in in here somewhere. <laughs> but that was uh that was kind of a that was a bit of a fluke, but that was a big break because. I used to ask people, "Well, how are you going to market me?" Generally, and they just go, "Oprah." <laughs> so I, so I realized it didn't really matter what I did, you know, <laughs> as long as Oprah, you know, I was writing music for her, uh, that was fine. But that was a that was a I got that uh, gig because I, I, I asked a friend who was good at marketing if they could help me market this music production library that I was trying to get off the ground.
0: Huh. And, so you you were you were like playing pianos in hotels during the day and then at night you were trying to break into writing music writing
2: production music for you know for music libraries or that kind of thing and and when i when i got the chance to work at this post house you know it might be a simulated ride or orchestrating for a commercial or something like that which is that's the, what i really loved i hated playing at the hotel <clears throat> but um so I, I kept it i kept it both and then the friend of mine uh, was from Chicago, so he contacted the music director at, at the Oprah Winfrey Show. It took him; he said it took him a year of calling to get any kind. Nice of track. friend. <laughs> but you no. Know, but eventually, we flew up there, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> I looked around, and they had all this, you know, APM music and killer tracks and all this needle drop music they were using for the show. And it's funny; I didn't even know they had music on the show and, uh, until I started writing for it, and. Um, I said, why don't you, you should create your own library. Here, let me help. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's how that happened. And that continued for, for about seven years. But in, 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 in here somewhere, I got my first film, which seemed like that was a really tough thing to do is try to get a film score. And what happened though, is that um, because I'd done a lot of pop music, um, the guy who was the director of the film, I think he had his kids at one of the concerts and he like, saw my name or something. <laughs> on, the, on the program, and then uh, a few years later when one of the animators came in to hear my wife play and sing in the piano bar, she's a great singer and piano player, um, he said, hey, we're doing this movie, and these were a bunch of animators that were leftovers from the, I guess, it, where Disney used to do satellite animation, they did the lion, some of the line team, that kind of thing, and Eisner, you got rid of that whole department, so they were trying to start their own uh, production studio so anyway, um, I, I called and he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. know, yeah, I remember seeing your name and all this kind of thing. So I think, Chris is great, my first film, you know. So he and remembered your name
0: from like two years back.
2: I think, I think so. Just And I don't know, made the connection, maybe had a program. I'm, I'm not sure how that happened. But um, so, um, and it was an animated film, like, yeah. like I guess it. So I went to the first production meeting. Uh, where he was kind of introducing the team and I walked in and um, he said, Oh, Hey Greg, come in uh, here. Let me re- introduce you to the composer of the film. And I won't say, I won't say the name because I choke when I say the name. <laughs> no, no, we're actually, uh, we're, we're friends, but, uh, and all the blood drained from my face. I didn't, I didn't know what to think. And then he was introduced, he introduced me to the, everyone as the orchestrator. So, so this guy who's a composer, not really, he didn't know orchestras, he was a songwriter and he was gonna, I was gonna kind of make it work, you know, for for that. And that's not uncommon. So I thought, well, you know, uh, this is, uh, this is, I'm I'm in, you know, I'm in uh, doing something in film. But uh, one thing led to another, uh, and after a while the composer said, why don't you write a few cues? I'm kind of behind, I know we need to turn, start turning things in. And uh, one thing led to another, and I was turning in cues, and I did more cues than I did all the cues, and it didn't compose anything. So that's how I got my first <laughs> break as a composer was because the composer didn't do any composing. so, so that that's kind of how that that started. so
0: Is animation your thing now, or do you still like dabble in all of, all forms, like live TV and, and etc?
2: I'm still in the yes, saying yes to everything stage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done, you know, dramatic shorts. I've done full length documentaries. I've done, there was a a director that moved out here about when I did, but I've done three uh, Stallone documentaries. We did uh, one about the director of Rocky, one that Stallone narrated about the making of Rocky, and uh, another one about his brother, Frank Stallone. So, and then I've done some strange documentaries. (laughs) About weird subjects. Uh, I did one horror film, <clears throat> um, just a kind of a, you know kind of a mixed bag of, of things. But yeah, if I had to choose, it would definitely be animation.
1: Yeah,
2: because the music is so much more important, and you can be totally over the top and you know do whatever you want. So,
1: so two things. Okay. I just realized. Your new nickname is Stallone (laughs) Arranger. And uh, and two... Uh the main difference between Greg and I is whereas Greg hated playing piano in hotels, if I could make uh, the same money doing that as doing all this other stuff, I would happily just play guitar in, in hotels and be done. With well the only time he ever puts his guitar down is when we're doing one of these interviews. Pretty much.
0: Well, I'll interview so, you and in your next career change when you become an ex an ex animator. Yeah,
1: it may not be as exciting. I'm I'm thinking of en- entertain or entering the custodial uh, janitorial arts. Um, <laughs> um, so so well, how I got started? Yeah, let's uh, talk about
0: that because I know you got started yeah, in music, kind of the same. I, uh,
1: yeah, well, I just like Greg. I from the time I was a, just a little kid, I always played guitar and I always drew, and uh, I. Uh, made my first animated cartoon when i was about 14 or 15 as a uh as a social studies project for uh for school and i come from a little town in uh in western canada so the local tv station was all too happy to put that on ckpg television so that was uh that was my first uh, anime, uh, foray into animation, and the royalties, the royalties just keep rolling, rolling in. Keep rolling in, right? <laughs> Pennies <laughs> at a time. <laughs> one, one
0: penny <laughs> a year, right? <laughs> right.
1: Uh, so uh, when I uh, when I graduated high school, this is before the internet, so I had n- no idea how you even found an art school or a music school. I just had no clue, and the, uh, the school counselors. Uh, wanted me to be uh, an accountant even though I had quit math in 10th grade <laughs> um, but so they weren't any help uh, and uh, I the the way I chose what school I was going to go to was I couldn't find any art schools but I did in the back of guitar player magazine I saw an ad for the guitar institute of technology in Los Angeles so I uh, that's where I went um, and, uh, it was an amazing time. Um, and when I graduated, I, I, uh, played music in, in, uh, in bands for, for a living for a number of years, but always just drawing for my own enjoyment. And, and, uh, um, so in, uh, around, oh, 80, around 83, I think I, um, uh, I was a, uh, you know, one of the many starving uh, artists in uh, in LA, and I had a friend who was a starving actor, uh, and he was having the same trouble in his acting career as I was in mine. And and, uh, and uh, I said, well, what are you going to do if this doesn't work out for you? And and his attitude was, Carol O'Connor was 55 years old when he got all in the family, and if I have to wait that long to 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 succeed, I'm willing to do it. So. That just the twists and turns of our, our uh, careers and we lost touch with each other. Now it's three years later, or two, two or three years later. And uh, uh, I'm at the abyss of playing music. Now video DJs have taken all the money away from the working bands. So I'm making $140 a week playing four nights a week. And, uh, uh, but, an art school had opened just a couple blocks away from where I live and just by dumb coincidence the main instructor there uh, is a, uh, a figure drawing teacher who was kind of the guru of figure drawing to the animation industry and one day after uh, taking his class for about three months he was looking at my drawings and he said hey you ought to go get a job in animation and and I had no idea how, you know, how good you had to be to be a professional artist. I didn't think I was anywhere near good enough, but so he why said, you, yeah, you're a
0: student. Why were you taking oh, those courses? Were you actively trying to get into
1: animation? I, yeah, I, yeah, I was. I, uh, I had studied animation on my own. There were, there were, a, uh, a couple of, of, little paperback books on how, how to animate cartoons. And so I, you're like,
0: my, my guitar career is not taking off. I need a a plan B or this is just for fun? Uh,
1: it was, uh, well, like I said, I always wanted to do both, but I could, I only found a school that do one. Right. So, so, um, so that's, yeah. So I didn't, I, I'm not a good networker and that you really need to be a good networker to, to, uh, to, uh, thrive in the uh, music business. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it was that. So, uh, so he tells me I should go get a job in animation, and there was a there was a an, an ad on the bulletin board from an animation studio that was again just a few blocks away from my house, saying they were looking for assistant animators. So I kind of hemmed and hawed, and and uh, uh, I took myself to a two dollar matinee uh, just to take my mind off my troubles and and the two dollar matinee was back to the future and this struggling uh actor friend of mine uh is playing the role of biff uh in oh back no way
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so between uh my art teacher telling me i was good enough and seeing my friend make his dreams come true i uh i you know went back found that number and called up that uh, animation studio and said uh, hey i'd like to come in and take your assistant animation test and she said uh, well do you have any experience and i said no and she said well i hesitate to let you come in but but i was all pumped up so i said oh don't worry i can draw and she goes okay <laughs> so That's like the forest gump of yeah. animation toys. <laughs> Pretty nice. so yeah i knew nothing i didn't know my drawings were supposed to be in a portfolio I literally brought in a handful of, not even neatly stacked pieces of paper and just like, dropped yeah, dropped it in front of her. And she sent me in to do this assistant animation test. And then when I came out, she gave me my, my drawings, which are now nicely stacked and said, I want you to go see uh, the, the, the head of layout. So I took my drawings over to layout and he looked at them and he said, uh, uh, I'd like you to take these to the head of character design. So I went over to her and she said, do you have time to uh, stay and do a character design test? And I said, okay. So they told me what a character design test was, where which is they give you one view of a character and then you have to supply the three-quarter, the side view, the three-quarter rear, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, you know. So, uh, so I turned it in and... Uh, everyone seemed happy with what I'd done. And uh, so I was all excited, but a week went by and never heard from anyone. And then another week went by and then finally they called and they said, uh, well, which job do you want? And I said, which one pays the most? And they said, character design. So I said, I'll take that one.
0: What do you mean, which job do you want? Like (laughs) Uh, assistant
1: animator layout or or character design? They were offering him any job he wanted. And
0: design paid the most, eh? Yeah, character design. How, unless how unless you,
1: they were lying. how old are you at this
0: point? Because you know, you had already graduated from guitar school and then yeah. had been guitaring, yeah. guitaring, yeah, for quite a I while.
1: Was, I was 26.
0: Okay, so so you you kind of started your animation journey when you were 26. Yeah, I think that's incredible. So once you were this character designer, the rest is history, or
1: yeah, uh, what I found. Uh, is that older uh, uh, artists, they are, I found, enormously helpful to young up-and-comers. They're happy to help them with their drawing or explain things that they, they just, uh, they're favorably disposed towards, you know, young people that aren't too obnoxious and, uh, and they like to help them. So, uh, the the more uh, seasoned ca- uh, character designers they uh, they helped me when I went to um, uh, after that I did a a, a a dreadful movie that I won't even mention the name of and then after that I went to uh, work um, on uh, Ghostbusters and uh, so I was a character designer uh, and. One of the uh, the uh, one of the story artists on that was one of the 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 group of um, Disney animators, the, one of those classically trained guys. Who there was a there was a schism that formed in in uh, Disney between the Don Bluth camp uh, and the Eric Larson camp uh, many many decades ago. That won't mean anything to most people, but. He backed the wrong horse and so the guys that backed the wrong horse, they were kind of on the outs of Disney. So it was this completely over, <laughs> overly trained animator uh, working on, uh, on uh, the Ghostbusters TV show. And one day the, uh, the showrunner, a uh, fellow named Art Vitello, an amazing guy, uh, helped me in so many ways over the years. Uh, he looked at my drawings one day and he said, hey, you look like you could animate. Uh, do, would you?" Uh, and, and Ghostbusters was being animated in LA, which is crazy coincidence because no television animation was being done in LA. But he, he said, uh, do you want me to uh, call over to the animation studio and tell them to give you 50 feet to animate? And I said, sure. And so the Disney fellow... Uh, Who was storyboarding during the day? He and I had become friends. So by day he was storyboarding, I was designing. Uh, At six o'clock, we took out our uh, animation discs, and he taught me how to animate. Oh wow! So I was uh, literally learning on the fly. (laughs) That's
0: crazy because you, you, your only formal training, I guess, was just this um, life drawing classes that you had you had gone to. Yeah. Do you think it's? Do you think? I mean, that's that's an insane story and I love it, but do you think it's possible for people entering storyboarding or character design or animation now, the days at different studios, to, to be able to, uh, I guess, enter that way? Or do you think, you know, studios are expecting a fully trained animator before they even consider?
1: I know that they're not looking for people that went to music school and then tried to switch over. But they can draw. Uh, I, I was thinking about about this and I I think like 50% of the people that I know went through through uh, uh you know to get an animation degree and, and 50% are, are more or less self-taught. Hmm. Uh and there's there's no there's no difference in the quality. Like but like the very best people I know, half of them are the you know super classically trained, and then the other half are self taught, and there's uh, and I think it's easier now because there's so much information on, on yeah. online. Oh yeah, but music's the same. Anything's the same way.
2: For every ten years of being taught, if you could get two years of doing. You're going to learn a lot more just doing it, even, even if the, you don't know what you're doing.
0: Even in music, yeah. is it uh, like if if uh, a production is hiring a composer, do they care about your resume, your not your resume, but your your qualifications. I've, I've never been asked went where of. I
2: went, I've never been asked, do you have a degree? Where oh, you go to school?
1: I didn't even get into how I got started in music and animation. This is just <laughs> as weird as the animation. I was doing character designs on the Beethoven cartoon. You know that Saint Bernard. Yeah, uh, yeah. he had a movie and, uh, day all that stuff. Yeah, right. So I submitted a theme. Uh, on spec and I learned that a bunch of songwriters had submitted themes and uh, they went to the executive producers Ivan Reitman and Michael Gross who, who uh, uh, created the, uh, the original live action Ghostbusters um, I'm sorry the, the original uh, live action Beethoven and, um, and they just picked my song and uh, I recorded it in my living room, other than the, the vocals, uh, but, but um, yeah, they picked uh, they <laughs> it. So I didn't know that that was weird. Uh, uh, so the next uh, uh, character design job I took was for The Mask, the animated series based on the Jim Carrey movie. And uh, so I submitted a, a, a theme song on spec and they picked it, and then not only did they pick it, they had uh, they had a Saturday morning package, and they had a syndicated package five days a week. So they wanted a different theme for the the syndicated version. So I got two songs out of that one, and I thought that's you know I didn't know that was weird. Now Greg tells me that's like being hit by lightning three times. <laughs> oh yeah, every, every song I, I think is chosen
2: for the main. Yeah, sure. It's uh, you know of course. <laughs>
0: so how uh, maybe this is a question more for greg how often are you submitting on spec or are like i don't even know what that means really it just means that they're taking a call for like submissions Well,
2: to- yeah a lot of studio yeah like less and less i'll put it that way i mean um it's, it's good to do just because at least you're creating something you know you, you've got time and if, if nothing else you've got something to show for your effort but it's uh e- um even when i was writing for the opal winter show they quit these big studios quickly learned that they can make a big contest out of it. Ah, and so when I, when I first started writing for them, they gave me a nice chunk of money for every, you know, you know, like a down payment or a, you know, a fee, which was enough really for all my effort. And then the royalties would just be, you know, bonus on top of that. Well, they quickly learned that, you know, they started paying less and less and less and less and less. And then they would have more and more people. And then when they'd have a special event, like, um, like the, she had some special events called the, I can't remember what it was, like a ball, and I can't remember the name of that story, but where we would say, okay, we need a main theme. So, and all the composers would submit, you know, I think, and they would pick whatever one they like. Now I did a few of those, and some, a few themes did get picked, but it was just, it, it's just exhausting to do that every day. All you're doing is sending in stuff from the hopes that someone, someone will pick it up. You know, that's not the, I've kind of not, I don't do that. Do that how, how
0: how typical is that to a regular production? Are they just kind of you know you said it's like a contest where they're just su- accepting submissions from whoever wants to put the time and energy and to make one and they pick one. Is that is that common for TV shows and animation and whatnot? Now oh, really? yeah.
2: like that's Disney. That's how they
1: that's how they do all their
2: so every
0: so like every.
1: It's funny how we've gotten an attitude about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was it, like, hey, I don't want to yeah. work for
0: free right. and then
2: hope right. again,
1: go nowhere. Right, but but I'm just thinking back, thinking, uh, you know, when... When, well, when you're say, batting a thousand, it's an <laughs> <invigorating>, exhilarating
2: <laughs> way to <characterize> get <laughs> your... When you're batting a hundred, it's, it gets exhausting after a while. Yeah. But no, I think it's good to do keep doing that, and it's fine, but it just
1: depends. Um, all, of the, all of the stuff that... Uh, That I uh, now uh, now I'm thinking back. Yeah, there were uh, there were sometimes that I submitted stuff, uh, 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 knowing that it was kind of a cattle call that there's all these people that are submitting things, Um, and uh, but you know more more and more uh, uh, over the years, it's been uh, oh you know let's see if if, uh, uh, Keith will write a song for this or like I did uh, um, I did uh, songs for uh, a TV series called Toonsylvania and that was like uh, that's the other thing different studios have very different philosophies like DreamWorks at the time that I was there they didn't have any problem with uh, oh yeah we hired him to do this but he's a, he's a songwriter as well so well that'll kill two birds with one stone so I wrote songs for for Sylvania for them, I wrote songs for Flushed Away, the, 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 um, the, um, the, the art, like argument co-production. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's the studios that mostly say, we have people. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we have professionals who yeah. do Di- music. Di- <laughs> Disney, and it's not really, a, it's not really a knock on, on Disney to say, They, you know, their attitude. Hey, we hired you to be an expert story artist. We, if if we want an expert songwriter, we've got those over here. So they, they, it's, uh, it feels more problematic uh, um, if you want to get out of your box at at Disney. Um, But, uh, but uh, it's just each studio has a different philosophy about that.
0: Nice. So, so like, what is your sweet mix nowadays? Like, Keith, you said. Uh, you know you loved this production specifically because you could integrate music and um story and greg you're you said you're taking whatever comes your way type of thing like what is the ultimate project for you now that you've got years and years of experience and and you've you know you've been around the block at different studios like is there specific something that you know you're striving
1: for well um i have stuff that i've uh Either written or been very inter- integrally um, a part of the of the idea, um, and so for me the the uh, the holy grail would be to make that animated musical um, yeah. uh, just to be you know. Kind of shepherding that yeah. in in, uh, in all the creative ways. Yeah, I think we'd be yeah. great
2: on doing a fe- doing a feature film musical. I mean, that would just be really great. You know, are there um, any research? Oh, you- we started down that we started down that road uh, too. I mean, that was,
1: uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. A few years ago, um, there's a, a a book that uh, I've been trying to uh, adapt into an animated film, and uh, and we got some money to get that going. Um, uh, and un- unfortunately, uh, due to circumstances beyond it, our control, uh, it didn't continue forward past uh, us creating an animatic for 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 the the movie. the The idea was to we the production company uh, got a million dollars, and for a million dollars, we were going to. Uh, fully animate the uh, opening two sequences, one of them which was a, a musical sequence, and just complete the rest as an animatic, and then try to get funding to do to do the rest of the movie. The problem that I've had when when you go to to uh, people uh, with money that aren't in the animation industry, so they don't know what a, a partially completed animated film looks like. The comments are always the same at the end they go are the characters going to move is it going to be a oh no. yeah is it, it going to be in black and white and then <laughs> so the idea was to fully realize the opening two sequences and before the movie starts just plant the idea in their head so the reason we need your money is we want to make the rest of the movie look like the first two sequences and hopefully that would explain but they'll still say well, i really like the first part <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: so you you have this you have a fully a feature film animatic like in your on your computer uh, somewhere
1: uh no not no not not fully uh completed but uh a script for it we well, have an animatic at the beginning with right the song. yeah so yeah the musical sequence we we uh we did um and then i have i've uh other uh, movie and television projects that i pitch around and um so that's you know if, if either those or or a project that is yeah just uh feels so so uh amazing that i would say yeah i do i would do that even before i would make kind my of like
0: own. kind of like this tom and jerry thing
1: yeah. yeah, you know, I would die a happy man if I just made more of what we were doing on top of Jerry for the next 10 years. It was <laughs> just, uh, just... If
0: you're a producer simple. and you're listening to this, um, well, <laughs> I'm just wondering, you've both had very long careers. What is what is what is something that has made each of you invaluable to work with? You know, that you get these callbacks and they pick your music or your storyboard skills or, or animation skills or whatnot. Like, what is, you know, maybe it's a soft, uh, hard or a soft skill that you've really focused on over the years that really gets you in the door and like more gigs, you know, because this industry is very contract to contract basis. There's always a better animator. There's always a better composer, you know? So how, how have you made sure that, you know, this this is a long successful career for each of you?
1: Any thoughts? On- well,
2: my he, his, he's a lot further along <laughs> than I am. But um, I think it's just it's, it is a real, it's a relationship business. I mean, I know that sounds trite, but in a lot, I guess, a lot of businesses are. But this one is so much so that I yeah. think it's almost everything. I mean, at least for especially for just a pure composer, you you, you got to become friends of enough people that you know you can get hired to do music, and they have to want to really work for you. I mean, I hear so many stories about oh, that composer he's so hard to work. He's such a pain, and I don't I don't really know how they made it happen how <laughs> they kept it going but uh, I, I try to never i never you're complain nice if somebody says i need you to rewrite this i don't get all defensive and say well it's just perfect the way it is uh you know there's always another right answer you know it's, it's about the filmmaker in the film it's not about me you know so I, that's a good attitude to have you know you're here to serve the film or you're here to serve the the movie or, or whatever it is you're doing and and just be personable and be available. You know, always give right back to people. I think that's that's important. So, yeah, um, you know, um, you mentioned before um, that you
0: weren't too good at networking, but is that's is that a skill that you've really had to work on over the years? Because you said you know you have to make a lot of friends and and relationships and stuff.
2: Well, it's so, like you know everybody. You know, we go to all these events, and you, you, you never you never know who you're gonna. But the good thing about it is you're. Wow, I'm surrounded by people that are doing this thing that you He's know, got a wife who's an
1: amazing networker.
2: Oh, that's exactly. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> If I if I need a gig, I just I just push her out the door <laughs> and say go to some random place and she'll, she'll well she she met Keith
1: that way and she met uh, uh, yeah that's that's another that's funny how story. you guys met. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I was working at Sony, and uh, on my lunch breaks, so I was used to play my guitar outside at the coffee cart. And one day I'm playing these Joe beam uh, standards and, and this uh, little blonde lady uh, um, walks up to the, the gate and she starts singing along with me. He's got this amazing voice. And then when some employees came in, they, they let her in as well. And we sat there uh, just singing and playing jazz standards for an hour and um, we just hit it off. And uh, then, uh, um, she invited me over uh, uh, to meet Greg, and uh, uh, got to know Greg, and got to know uh, what an amazing uh, musician and composer he is. And then we just started. You know, we got some opportunities to to work on some things, and uh, and I think, yeah, I think Greg, uh, you know, pretty much nailed it. That you've got a if you do a good job on something, then you've got people that want to work with you again. So if you uh, if you uh, work with a, a director and he feels like you've done a great job for them, then the next thing that he works on, he's gonna wanna bring you. I mentioned Art Vitello, uh, who his uh, career goes all the way back to Patty Freeling uh, doing, um, uh, Ant in the Ardwark and uh, some Daffy Duck cartoons and things like that. Well, Art was a very successful director, showrunner. Uh, he uh, worked on uh, Gummy Bears and uh, and uh, and he was one of the first. He was the one that, that was directing the um, uh, Ghostbusters. And when uh, when Steven Spielberg. Uh, um, combined with Warner Brothers to to start an animation division again to, to do tiny tunes art was one of the first directors that they called to to run one of the uh, the crews well art brought just about his entire Ghostbusters crew over to Warner Brothers with him because you know we we had done a good job for him there and so uh, we we uh, did a season of, of Tiny Toons and then Art was a you know standout director on that. So they gave him his own show to be a showrunner on, which was uh, Tasmania. And so Art said, um, Hey, do you, uh, would you like to direct under, you know, like you be a director uh, and run a crew the way he had done that on Tiny Toons. And, uh, and would I do that on, on, uh, Tasmania. And I said, well, I don't know if I'd be any good at it. I've directed before. And and he said, well, we'll take a shot at it. And if you don't like it, then, you know, you can... you're can." good at those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you <can direct. laughs> The old year as good as those guys lie. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I got to direct. Uh, I, I, I didn't just get so he gave me my first chance to animate. And then he gave me my first chance to write and he gave me my first chance to direct. So, uh, so that's kind of how it works if you, uh, if you work, you know, do your best for someone and, and always, you know, I think you always need to be trying to improving your skills and, and uh, if you, if you start out as a character designer as I did, it's a good idea to learn animation as well, because that will tell you like why you shouldn't Put too much junk on your characters because some poor fella got to animate it, <laughs> and uh, you know it kind of informs you what sort of shapes uh, are the best to, to move around, and and uh, and if you know how to animate, then it's probably a good idea to learn storyboarding, and and, uh, and so so you know just keep on improving your skills because the the more you know, you know whatever it is is your main gig, all those other things. Uh, will will help for instance in the uh in the tom and jerry's the fact that i had learned to animate and, and not just be a, a storyboard artist there's a lot of sequences in in the the animatics that are they're animated all you have to do is in between them and in uh, in uh in television it's so important to, that your 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 poses be rock solid because that that may be the best drawing of that pose that's done. Like, if you go to some terrible overseas studio, there may not be very many solid drawings in the animation. Right. So
0: so the key to a long, successful career in both music and animation is, you know, make friends. <laughs> Do a good yeah, job. Exactly. Be open to new opportunities yeah, yeah, with your skill set. And uh, <laughs> that, like, mix will end up you know, giving you new opportunities and steering you into different. Yeah, perseverance too is a perseverance. and Perseverance, especially if you, yeah. you start
2: in a small town. I, I, he threw himself into LA pretty young age, which was great. I mean, you're going to either you're going to either excel real fast or you're going to you're going to sink real fast. Yeah, that, uh, that takes a can, lot of
0: courage to like go from a small if you're town. you're leaving to away in
2: some small town, you can sort of pretend your way through, you know, you don't, you don't really know. And it's, I realized I was on the 200 year plan. That's joke. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's why I moved to LA because you don't have as many opportunities. You don't have the, one thing doesn't necessarily lead to another. The first, the first, my first animated film, I'm like, yes, I'm in. And the company goes bankrupt and they never <laughs> did another movie. And the second one that I got out of that was bigger budget, you know, better, better reduction value. Had some big, you know, star names in it. Uh, it uh, too went belly up. The director never did anything else. Uh, so it doesn't, you know. Sometimes there's some dead ends, you know. So, but out here, there's, you know, not so many.
1: Not so many people just cruise, just yeah. move on to another project. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so they know you, and they could pull you in. The the other thing that I was quite surprised by is there just seems to be a turnover every ten years. Mm-hmm. So you may think things are going great and then suddenly like for, for me I, I directed a few things but it turned out that I was always a lot happier having a buffer uh between me and and uh, the people above the director and so if I had a, if I was working for a good director in whatever capacity I was working in then that's when I was always happiest but but at some point uh you know, I don't know if you ever heard that uh, old saying, like, uh, um, "I need a um, you know, get me Tom Cruise, uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, then it's um, you know, get me the next Tom Cruise, or get me a, what we need is a young Tom Cruise, and then by by the end of it, it's like, who's Tom Cruise? <laughs> so there's this progression of you, uh, he's the he's the new Tom Cruise, and then, and so. But at a, there's a shelf life that, that everyone has, and you probably do have to do some kind of rebooting of your career every 10 years, unless you're, you know, Brad Bird or, or, or something like that.
0: And of course, Brad Bird was no
1: overnight success.
0: I haven't really heard that yet. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. And that's kind of what, you know, in your career has kept you on your toes with trying out different areas of animation specifically, like storyboarding, character design, et cetera.
1: The, uh, the well, um what's kept me on my toes yeah well just the the, the sheer panic of of having three kids to raise and, <laughs> and uh knowing that, but i mean you know, like everything.
0: after 10 years as a storyboard artist you're you're are you saying like you're kind of old news as a storyboard artist and you have to reinvent yourself to be somebody who's more flexible has well, different skills
1: um f- for me that's there's been a, a reinvention uh a few times like i was in television uh, I was a director by the time I was uh, tw- 28 or 29 years old. I'd only been in animation for three years, I think, when when I got my first chance to write and direct. <coughs> um, and uh, and then, so I did that for, for a few years. Uh, and then um, I wanted to get into features. So when I moved into features, suddenly I was a new guy in features. And... And I thought, well, I can always go back and direct television. But then, after a few years, then no one remembered me as a television director. So, so that was sort of, well, okay, now I'm a feature story artist, and and uh, so that's that's kind of how how uh, it's worked for for me over the years. Gotcha, that makes sense.
0: So perseverance is another another thing to add to that list. I'm I'm wondering if you know there's somebody listening who's trying to get into the industry in in either respective area or they're in it right now and trying to work their way up. Is there any advice that you wish you had when you were kind of in their shoes that you can bestow?
1: Well, a one thing that I see with a lot of amazingly talented artists is they all get rejected and you, yeah. you know, you could be this artist who's worked really, really hard and and you feel like, uh, you know, I could get a job anywhere. I'm I'm so highly regarded, and then and then, just inexplicably, you'll go for for what you think is a slam dunk uh, job, and you don't get it, and you you start to doubt yourself. And so, just for all of you at whatever level you're at, um, don't take it personally. There there are there are a lot of great artists out there. And there's only so many slots on a crew, and there could be factors outside your your control that uh, that go into it, or it could just be a coin toss that 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 um, we've only got ten uh, story slots, and we've got these eleven great people who don't we invite into the boat, and and it just might be you. So so just try not to take that stuff to to heart and uh, and uh and you know just always try to be the best artist you can be keep developing your skills
0: yeah i think i think that's great advice i'm, I'm thinking myself like i take my art so personally because it's like such a it's art right and like if i'm creating art yeah. it's part of me and it's hard it's hard not to take a rejection personally and there's this whole like mind i go through and it like messes me up is there a way that you have learned to get out of that quicker and move on? Or is it kind of just stay with you and you just ignore it a little bit? <laughs> uh,
1: Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I, I don't know. You know, you just, uh, what I would say is you, the one of the great things about kids is they don't give you the option of giving up. So uh, So if you feel like giving up is an option, there are a certain percentage of people that will take that option if you just s- structure your 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 view of what you're doing as well giving up not an option then you have to press forward and well, you know, that, i have a mantra
2: that works for me and it's uh if i get re- if i get rejected i just say oh that's because there's something better i mean that, and that's usually true I, you know it's a <laughs> metaphysical thing but don't look at it as a uh, is a you know you failed opportunity lost and what am i going to do say so all that happens so there's going to be something that i can keep more of that's going to happen if i've done that then i wouldn't have this that's a good and that's a really to me a really good way of looking at projection. Yeah,
1: like yeah just staying staying positive because you know people respond well to other people that, that have positive attitudes yeah
0: yeah for sure and don't send them nasty, and don't send them nasty letters I,
2: I've, I've heard of people <laughs> that actually do that they'll get rejected and then they'll fire off some some letter of anger They're wrong so,
0: this is why you need uh, to hire well, that
2: <laughs> hey, you just yeah you just burn that whole spirit down right?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah well i mean for me even it's tough like if if i post something online and one person one random internet stranger is like oh i didn't really like this part i'm like i'm like fired up
1: <laughs> you know like they say like you need ten positive responses to counteract one negative response. Yeah, I
0: don't want any negative responses. Just
1: <laughs> don't blame me. No, neither do I. I, I. Need Negativity
2: screams louder
0: than positive It's yeah. just a weird yeah.
1: thing.
0: And and social media is bad because if I don't get enough, if I don't get enough likes in my mind, then I'm like, not
2: enough people like this. What's wrong with me? Like, I don't know. Yeah yeah but yeah it's well you're an artist so
1: it's easy to fall into that that trap and and, uh so so don't do that Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah is there anything i guess as we're as we're wrapping up is there anything else that you'd like to share about your journeys or where you're going or tom and jerry or anything
1: well um uh, unfortunately, uh, all the stuff that is uh, going forward, it's just a, a little too early in the process to make any announcements yet. But but um, uh, we'll definitely let you know when when we yeah. can announce the next. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to making more fun musical animated shorts. Amazing or longs. or longs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Keith and Greg, for coming on the chat. It's been a pleasure to you know, hear how you both got started in the industry and all the cool stuff you've been doing in the meantime and your advice as well. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: And if you're listening and you want to get in touch with or follow Keith or Greg, you can do so by checking out Keith's YouTube, which is Keith Baxter or gregsimsmusic.com or follow them both on LinkedIn. I'll include all those links in the description of this chat. And that is all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.